0: Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are.
1: Hi, this is Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehavin' Canine. And Laura Berhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you. And today we're going to talk about loose, nothing irritates me or it depends on my mood. Sometimes Other it than irritates me, me and some occasionally. Sometimes it irritates me and sometimes it amuses me to see a dog walking their owner down the street. You know, and the owner's arm is about four feet longer than it should be. Yes. And the dog is and the dog is very considerately running them down the street. And the, the dog
2: street. is gagging and choking and yeah.
1: and then so then the owner like
2: we get calls on this all the time and the dog starts out on a regular flat collar and you and you say well what do you walk your dog on and they say well a harness because he was pulling so much he was gagging (laughs) so let's give him a harness which is actually made for pulling because that's what sled dogs wear
1: so let's give him something that makes it more comfortable for him to pull right well there are leashes there are no pull leashes Mm -hmm. or no pull harnesses right harnesses that are designed to create it uh, to be either inconvenient or not terribly comfortable for the dog to pull hard. They aren't necessarily hurt they don't necessarily hurt, but they're just not comfortable, right. Or they take the dog's leverage away, like right. the, the harnesses that hook in the front, right. So it seems like people think that if you don't if your dog isn't doing that, which is basically pulling down mm-hmm. the street, then the other thing it would be doing would be healing. That he has to be right next to you. Regimented heel next to you. But there's a whole gamut in between there. Yeah, there is. And I, I don't require my dogs heel. I don't either. Now, the exception to that would be uh, occasionally when I take all four dogs out, mm-hmm. and then I do want them all walking next to me. It's just easier to keep track of them, and then they're not tying up their leashes by crossing, doing a lot of crossovers. Yeah. But if I'm walking with one dog, or even two at a time, my only requirement is that they don't pull. Right. And you know, what's funny about that is
2: I used to think that dogs pull, well, because number one, it gets them someplace. If they get even, you know, one step forward and the the leash is tight, then they're getting rewarded for pulling on the leash. And then it occurred to me, well, you know, also the dogs, and it occurred to me one time when I was walking one of my dogs and he pulled on the leash and I went fine. And I dropped the leash and he instantly came running around into heel position And walked next to me just fine perfectly dragging the leash Mm -hmm. and I picked up the leash again and as soon as I picked up the leash he went boom out to the front of it and started pulling and I dropped the leash again and he instantly came back to heel position and that's when it occurred to me that you know what part of the reason dogs pull is because then they never have to look back
0: they 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 know know you're
2: there because of the tension on the leash but it also works the other way around I think that people crank up on the leash so that they don't have to look down to see where their dog is They can feel the dog on the leash like they're afraid that if they don't have the tension on the leash and they don't have their eye on the dog is that the dog is going to suddenly disappear into the fourth dimension.
1: Well, actually, (laughs) with a little less sarcasm, I agree with that because what I've seen is that people, even when I'm teaching them to teach their dog to walk loosely on a leash... As soon as the dog starts accepting the responsibility for maintaining a loose leash, Mm -hmm. the people start choking up closer and closer on the dog and closer and closer on the dog. And you're right, it does mean that you don't have to wonder where the dog is because clearly the dog is on the end of the leash. I don't know if that's a worry that the dog is then, is the dog still on the leash? Did the dog somehow slip the leash? and is is loose now and so they just need that tension but i think also people get used to having the tension in the leash
2: and so does the dog right it
1: works both ways because that's how the walk is supposed to feel now for a lot of dogs and i just want to mention this in case anybody listened to what laura just said and decided that that would be a great uh training tool a lot of dogs if you drop the leash would actually take off for oh yeah That's not necessarily no, going to work with every dog. Yes. Um, it, there are dogs it will work with. Mm-hmm. But uh, clearly, you yes. had one. But yeah. but there are dogs that it wouldn't work with, and I would be really careful of before course. I tested out that theory because you were very confident that you would know how to stop your dog. Well, I
2: mean, he had a recall. And right.
1: He wasn't going to go anywhere. right? And probably a little bit of some kind of work. Otherwise, Oh yeah. yeah. Heel position would have been kind of weird for him. But anyway... Um, so, but there's a whole group of things that you can do in between really regimented, careful healing. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, the other thing, reason I think people let their dogs pull on the leash when they're out on a walk is because they think that that's the only way the dog can have fun. If the By, dog's paying attention to them, then the dog's not doing his thing, therefore he can't be having a good time. Yeah, and he can't sniff and, and lift his leg or, you know, just do what he's supposed to do on a walk,
2: which I agree with. It's one reason I don't make my dogs heel on the walk because they see the world through their noses. A lot of them, and that's a really powerful sense for them. And it
1: isn't fair to ask them to just bypass all of this. These good sniffs out there. Um, come from a different place on that one. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. When I'm loose leash walking, I don't stop for my dogs to sniff anything. Oh, I don't stop. For and them. I absolutely know that they can pick up on the scents without sticking their noses on them. So I don't actually. You know, well, I know that was,
2: too, by the way. If my,
1: no, but I'm just saying, I'm, if my dog had his nose on the ground, but he was maintaining really nice distance with me, mm-hmm. but they can actually do that in heel position too. I think the thing, though, to remember is that the dog can be paying attention to you. I know you know this, but I think that there's people who don't know this. The dog can be paying attention to you and still totally enjoying his walk. Mm-hmm. It's that very regimented you know, healing walk that then becomes work. Yeah, it becomes a work walk. Yes, and that you don't let the dog do anything.
2: Mm-hmm. And usually, when people ask me where do I require my dogs to walk, my answer is, well, you know, I really don't care as long as he's not cutting me off and isn't pulling on the leash. Mm-hmm. But in general, I don't want his shoulder going past where my foot lands when I take a step, mm-hmm. because I only walk on a four-foot leash. I don't walk with on a six-foot leash, mm-hmm. so they don't have a whole lot of extra leeway.
1: And I walk usually with a six-foot leash. And I don't care where they land as long as there's no tension in the leash. I don't want to feel the leash. Mm-hmm. That's my big thing. I don't want to feel the leash. I mean, that's the rule that I've taught my dogs is, look, you guys, I just don't feel the leash. Right. So, you know, the opposite of what we were talking about, people who need to feel that, mm-hmm. my feeling that is, is a bother for me. That's a problem for me. And I don't really care where they are as long as they aren't under my feet as you, same as you, and, um, and I don't have to worry about, you know, trying to hold them back. Right. So let's talk about how we get these. Okay. Well, um, I would say with my dogs, actually, I start them without a leash, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about the way I work with my own dogs, because I think that I don't necessarily always start start clients in the same way. If I have a young dog, if I have a baby, a puppy... I start them without a leash, and I just start walk, getting them to learn to walk with me.
2: Right, and that's and that's actually how I start my clients, too, is just mm-hmm. around the house. Anytime the dog is within 12 inches of your body, you make a big deal of it. I don't care which side the dog is on. I don't care where he is. You just get him to walk within a certain distance of you, and anytime he is, you're making a party. hmm And he doesn't even have to walk as long as he just shows up there. hmm And then if he wanders off, you start moving around, and he wanders off a little bit, you just ignore him. And then when he wanders back, you make a party. Tell him Mm -hmm. what a good dog he is. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, around the house, around the backyard, or in a safe, like a tennis court, something like that.
1: Right. That's how I start puppies. When I'm working with an adult dog, I usually just teach them that pulling never gets them where they want to go. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, there's, and you know what, that's a really hard thing for people to get. I have to say that that becomes really difficult because most of the people that I work with, lovely people though they are, and as much as they want to get it, they're focused on where they're going. And so if if there's a point A and a point B, they're thinking about getting to point B. And when I take a dog out on a leash, I'm thinking about the message the dog gets while I'm walking. I'm not so focused on getting to my destination when I take the dog out for a walk as I am focused on the communication that i'm having with the dog Mm -hmm. and giving them the clear message that we're going to go forward but if you pull me that will stop the action right
2: and i think a lot of that problem though is that people don't realize when the dog is pulling because if they are walking with their hand down at their side and the dog starts pulling on the leash their arm moves forward and they don't consider it to (laughs) be pulling on the leash until their arm is straight out in front of them but technically as soon as their arm started to move forward that dog was pulling on the leash Mm -hmm. and was being rewarded for pulling on the leash. It's true. So quite often for those people who can't seem to hold their arm in one spot down next to their side I will actually have them put the, the leash around their waist. Because it's more obvious mm-hmm. to them when the dog starts to pull, and then when they stop,
1: their body is stopping, and the dog can't continue on. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is to get people to stop at the right moment, mm-hmm. or to, to not give in at that right moment. You were, I think, you said while we were talking here. You might have talked said this when we were talking prior to turning on the mics. That any step that they take forward while the dog is pulling is the dog getting reinforced for pulling. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the key for people to remember, is if your dog is pulling, what's he trying to do? He's trying to go where he's trying to go. Yeah. He is, in essence, going from A to B. His B may be a different place than yours, but he's, he's going from A to B. He's trying to get to wherever it is that he's trying to get to, and he's trying to hurry it along. So if you take one step forward when the dog is pulling, you've in essence, you've rewarded that behavior. Right.
2: And it's not even one of your steps. If he pulls and your arm moves forward two inches... He's still got forward motion on a tight leash. Right. And that's one of the reasons that I have people put it around their waist because we don't realize when our arm is moving forward. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people don't. They're just not aware of it or they're just so used to their arm going forward, you know. And they let the dog pull on the leash until their arm gets tired and then they try to stop the dog. But guess what? The dog's been walking that way for 10 minutes and now you're telling him it's wrong? Right. That's the hard part. There has to be more,
1: it has to be more black and white for the dog. Well, and so the hardest part for me is it is what you just said one of the difficulties is getting them to realize when the dog is actually pulling the other is getting someone to really acknowledge that you might take your dog out for a walk for the next two weeks and you might only get two houses down Mm -hmm. because in the time that you've given yourself that's what I try to get people to do okay don't give yourself a goal of I'm going to go this distance Give yourself a goal of I'm going to go this amount of time, and in that amount of time, don't allow the dog to pull. Right. We do have we do tend to have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. We
2: we are goal oriented. So and that's why I tell people who is you is I'm not. People in general. I is yes. People in general. People in general. So so what happens is that you know they'll take the dog out for a walk because they want exercise mm-hmm. and they don't want to work the dog. Or they might start off working the dog, but then they have to keep stopping. Mm -hmm. You know, and if they're walking for exercise, they don't want to keep stopping. And so then what they do is they just throw their hands up in the air and go, oh, well, whatever. And then they just continue along the walk, letting the dog finish the walk pulling. Mm -hmm.
1: And the antidote to that is go walk without the dog and -hmm. then do a training walk with the dog. Yes. And the training walk is an addition, and it's an additional amount of time. It's less about the goal of going a certain distance. Now, if you have all the time in the world and you can take that long to get the distance, then by all means, set it up that way. But if most people can't do that. Most people have, only have X amount of time, and that's why they give up. Because they're like, well, I have this amount of of room or space that I need to cover I'm going this distance Mm -hmm. and I have this amount of time to do it in because then I have other things I've got to do with my day and so I tried it and I tried it and I tried it and I tried it oh shoot he's still pulling forget it and I've only got five
2: minutes left to get home I
1: need to finish this yeah
2: or and it's the same thing happens when people are walking multiple dogs right one dog is working fine but the other dog is pulling Mm -hmm. so they don't want to punish the one dog for the other dog's pulling so they don't want to stop Mm. And technically, you should walk them separately. And get them both. And get them both. Right. Because it's like, well, I only have 45 minutes a day to walk the dogs. And so they take them both together. Well, guess what? Split it up. Now they each walk for 20 minutes. Do that for just two weeks. I'm not asking you to do it forever. Just do it for a couple of weeks until they're
1: trained. Right. Take a short-term goal. Short-term goal. yeah,
2: Yeah. If you only have 45 minutes to walk the dogs, their time gets cut in half and you use up their energy some other way. Right.
1: Or take one dog out for the 45-minute walk, throw a ball for the other one, and then the, and next, the next day, day yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I say the same things, and it's it's one of the hardest things to get people to realize that you, it seems like they're, I think the reason is that it seems to them like they're giving things up. Well, I'm giving up this time with my dog. Well, that, I don't want to give up this time. But it's such a short amount of time to give up for such a long payoff, which is a lifetime of teaching the dog really not to, to pull on you. Right. That it really is a great trade off. If you can get people to make the trade off, they're like, Oh yeah, okay, this is so worth it. <laughs> it's so much easier. Exactly. And you
2: know what's funny is they they make or they used to make little doodad things that you could put on the end of a leash. Like it was a whistle that you could put between the dog's collar and the leash. Mm-hmm. So that when the dog pulled it would make this little whistle noise and the sound itself was supposed to stop the dog. But what I found most often was that the dog didn't care about the sound, but what it did do was, was call make the attention. Go. <laughs> yes. So, so the, the whistle would go off and the person would go, oh, he's pulling. Mm-hmm. But if the, if the whistle hadn't been there, they would have let the dog continue.
1: Right. Well, what I see a lot of is people are walking along and they realize that the dog is going to start pulling any second. He's getting to the end of the line. And they slow down? No, they speed up. They speed up because they don't want to have to stop. So they speed up really fast so that there won't be tension in the leash. Yes. And I say, you know what? You're only cheating yourself. Mm -hmm. The, The thing about that cheating is that it just makes it take a lot longer. You're not actually helping the process at all. Because you're cheating yourself out of time because now the dog said, oh, cool, so I need to get out to this part of the leash, and that makes you speed up. Okay, got it. I know how to make them walk faster. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> so the other thing is, you know, you can use a variety of different types of, of training things, training apparatuses to get them to walk on. But the truth is, if you don't put some kind of what we're talking about, something mm-hmm. in place where there is a clear communication with the dog none of these tools work independently so you might put a head collar on a dog and a dog will pull less on a head collar Mm -hmm. because it's it's not easy to pull on a head collar you start to you're taking the leverage away away. right and so the dog might start to pull less but in the end you have to have some communication with the dog for the dog to really realize there's a reason to change their behavior and actually adopt it as their own behavior i rarely actually use a lot of those things unless i have a a dog that's pulling really badly and i have to you know equalize things a little bit so the person doesn't get hurt or doesn't get pulled off their feet or isn't it's not so hard that they can't accomplish their goal because the truth of the matter is the communication that we're talking about, which is, look, it's not going to work, right. It doesn't work. Right. But also, you know what I tell people is that if they want to
2: use a head halter or no a head halter or a no pole harness, mm-hmm. is that, well, look, if you really need to take a walk for exercise and you don't want it to be a training walk, mm-hmm. put the head collar on or put the no pole harness on. so it's not a you know, so it's not a training walk, so you can get your exercise done and then go on a training walk some other time you really feel that compelled that the dog has to get out on a walk and you don't want to train then do that at least you're preventing him from pulling on the leash right from practicing the bad behavior
1: right pulling as much they still will pull a little i mean i've i've had a lot of dogs pull on these types of things still. oh some dogs they have still keep the pressure on
2: yeah some and, well some, and some dogs will learn to really straighten up their neck muscles really tense up their neck muscles and just
1: lean in. in yeah lean into the apparatus yeah definitely especially um i've noticed on no pull harnesses mm-hmm. I've been pulled around the pretty good f- with dogs on no pull harnesses so it's not so much the tool that makes the difference the tool can make it easier for you and that's why those are really important because equally irritating is people who think that you, in order to get a dog not to pull you have to put them either on something like that or on a choke chain mm-hmm. because otherwise you're not going to be able to earn their respect yes you absolutely can it's just all you have to do is make a clear communication with the dog look it doesn't work right you, you're
2: controlling where they go. Yeah. And as soon as they realize that they have to go through you to get where they want to go, you've got them wrapped around your finger,
1: basically. Right. right. And then how much, how or how often do you use rewards when you're on a walk? Well, quite often. So anytime the dog ends up next to you, you reward.
2: Well, yeah. I'll either reward them with a pet or a treat or even a toy quite often. Like if I have a dog that really likes to... Sniff, Mm -hmm. then I will use sniffing as the reward for walking next to me. So, like if I know that there's the neighborhood bulletin board on the corner that every other dog in the neighborhood lifts his leg on, and Mm -hmm. I know that he always tries to pull me there, I'm gonna stop and make him walk nicely all the way to that bulletin board.
1: Mm. And he can't get to it unless he's walking nicely. Exactly.
2: And I'll do the same thing with a pile of treats to have people practice that. I'll put like the dog's food bowl down. And mm-hmm. the dog has to walk for 20 feet next to them nicely to get to the food bowl. Mm-hmm. And then the dog takes a couple of bites and they say, all right, let's go. And they walk away and then the dog has to do it again for their entire meal. Right. And then as the dog gets better, then they increase the distance. Mm-hmm. And every time the dog starts to pull, they either completely stop moving
1: or the dog gets penalty yards and they back up. And when you're walking along though, I guess what I meant, I wasn't very clear about that, but what I meant was when you're walking along, how often are you just treating for the dog then dropping into step next to you?
2: depends on the dog
1: yeah me too it really depends on the dog me too i know that there's people who always train that way always train with traits at their side traits at their side treats at their side but for some dogs i find that that actually makes the process go longer and some dogs that makes it go a lot faster for some dogs if they know that not only can they not make you go faster pulling but they if they drop back there's actually a reward in that in addition to walking forward there's an additional reward yeah. sometimes that can make them can give them the idea of what they need to do much quicker but for some dogs it almost creates a um, drop gr- back, grab something, lunge it And out. then lunge, for, right. Yeah. It becomes and, a
2: sequence of behaviors. Yeah.
1: Right. But then I also find that
2: depending on the person, you have to be really careful because then they start luring the dog. They just hang their hand down there with the food and the dog is just following basically the carrot on the stick. Right. But then every time they try to move their hand away with the food, the dog starts to pull. Right. And so that's why you have to be really careful about
1: the timing of the presentation of the treat. Right. Well, and unfortunately, that's also been taught that way in some I've seen yeah. it taught that way me as a, just strictly as a lure. I don't happen to think it works really great. I think it happens I think it works better when the dog realizes that from a practical standpoint to get what he wants, he needs to yeah. take the responsibility of not pulling on the leash. Yeah. Because I mean,
2: in order in order for you to pay him, he has to give you something. It's not you follow the treat along for a little while and then I'll give it to you. Because right. then you're not giving me anything other right. than following the treat and that's nothing. You're concentrating on the food. You're not concentrating on what you are doing and
1: right. where you are. Your behavior and what is how it's affecting what's happening right okay so yeah that's probably about it for me I mean that's is that pretty much oh I've, I do want to throw one other thing in there okay go ahead flexi leashes oh thank you flexi leashes I forgot about that yeah <laughs> what can you say about a flexi leash they you know,
2: teach dogs to pull on the leash because then there's constant tension on the leash so you right. try to get them off of a flexi leash and onto a regular leash, they say, oh, this doesn't
1: feel right. Right. Even well, if it you it. it teaches people. It teaches people, actually, to get very comfortable with that, too. It, mm-hmm. d- it goes both ways. It's a. It basically is the way a flexi leash works is with tension. And the farther the dog gets away from you, the more
2: tension there is on the flexi. Mm-hmm. In but the beginning, there's not a whole lot of tension. But as it goes, as it unravels, there's more tension on the, on the rewarded, leash. Rewarded. Of
1: rewarded. Of course. Rewarded. 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 Yeah. Flexi leashes, if you want to get a dog that walks nicely on a leash, meaning without tension, and isn't pulling you around, and I have to say that for those of you who say, I don't care, walk a dog without tension, and you will. <laughs> yes. You'll suddenly realize, wow, this is a lot nicer. Um flexi leashes work against that yeah
2: and you know what i will tell people to do is since harnesses are made for for pulling me too if they want to teach their dog to walk nicely on a regular flat leash me too. put it on the collar if you insist on walking your dog on a flexi leash use a harness yeah so that the dog can distinguish the, dif- the difference mm-hmm. it's no different than like a working service dog who knows that he can be a regular dog and play and let people pet him when he doesn't have his vest on but then he puts his vest on and he knows
1: he's working yeah I'd say the same thing. I have people use those flexi leashes in in conjunction with the harness because then it doesn't matter. It's such a clear difference Mm -hmm. between those two things. Um, I I personally don't like flexi leashes anyway. I think there's too much possibility of a dog getting hurt. The other Uh, day, I almost hit a dog. Well, I almost hit a dog. The other day, I was driving down the street and there was a guy standing on the sidewalk and there was another guy in front of a groom shop. Another guy drives up. Parks his car, gets his dog out on the driver's side because he doesn't want to get out on the side where the guy is standing. Walks his starts to walk his dog around the the car. The dog on the flexi takes off after the dog yep. walking with the man. The dog walking I mean, with the man was on a regular leash, but jumps backwards into traffic. Happened yeah. to be me that he was jumping into, which was good because I was watching the whole thing and sort of Anticipated. Right. So, if you're going to use a flexi leash, anyways, and this is really off topic, it doesn't have to do with le- loose leash walking, but just a caution, mm-hmm. just a that's a little cautionary tale. If you're going to lo- use a flexi, learn to use the lock.
2: <laughs> yes, and also, I mean, I have a story. It was somebody that I knew who lived in an apartment building with mm. an elevator, mm-hmm. and they got into the elevator. The dog was on a flexi. They mm-hmm. hadn't locked the flexi. They didn't oh. put the dog in a sit stay or anything. Luckily, the person was on the elevator instead of the dog the, mm-hmm. you know being the other way around just as the dogs close the dog bolts out the door just just as the doors close <laughs> i hate it when my dog closes <laughs> just as the doors close uh-huh. the dog bolts out the door and then the doors close so uh-huh. she's on the inside with the flexi the dog is on the outside Aye. and so luckily she was able to stop the elevator and push the doors open button and i have but, to but say, if it had been the other way around where the dog was on the inside and she was
1: on the outside oh yeah the dog would have been dead and i have to say if my dog bolted out i'd be and i i had him on a flexi which i wouldn't because i don't like them but if that did happen i would be tempted to throw the flexi right after him yeah because honestly or chew through if the door's closed really fast you chew through the line real fast (laughs) something that is a disaster a true disaster i guess there is a whole uh, emergency alt button or something on yeah but you have to be really fast yeah that would be really
2: fast on that button most of the time stuff like that takes you takes you by surprise because yeah. you were anticipating something like that, you would have locked the Flexi or put your dog in a downstay, or you wouldn't have your dog on a Flexi in the first place.
1: Okay, so I want to add to what I said. Not only learn to use the lock, use the lock. <laughs> Actually do use the lock and use it a lot because right. Flexis really are the... You know, I recently on Facebook went on and wrote, I know they can be used for good instead of evil, <laughs> but I hate flexies. And it was because of this incident yeah. that had happened. I was really shaken up after this happened because I really did think, I mean, I was able to stop, but it scared me. It yeah. scared me a lot. Well, it's
2: the same thing as you're pulling up to, uh, let's say, a crosswalk, and you're getting ready to turn right, but you see somebody walking their cars to your to your left, and you see somebody walking in the crosswalk, and you pull up to the crosswalk, and as you start to pull forward to go around because there's a red light you start mm-hmm. to pull forward to go around you notice that okay the person walking in the crosswalk has the dog on a flexi leash and the dog is now yes. 20 feet ahead of them yeah. where the person pulling up to the crosswalk can't see the dog yeah. the same thing for driveways there are a lot of driveways that have hedges that go all the way down and the person can't see what's coming on the sidewalk until they get down level with the sidewalk past the edge of the hedge and then how many people are walking and their dog is 20 feet ahead of them on the flexi and already crossing
1: because the person isn't looking on the ground for a dog they're looking for a person well the important thing to think about or to recognize about a flexi leash is if your dog can go 20 feet ahead of you he can go 20 feet to the side of you Mm -hmm. and so he might be ahead of you right now but if something is compelling enough he might just move those those 20 feet out into the middle of the street to you know, be interested in what's across the street. Personally, I think if you're going to use a flexi, it should be out on an open trail or out in a big park or someplace where you're not going to be yeah. in contact with things. And then, I, and then I understand, which is why I said I know they can be used for good and not evil. Yeah. Because I, I do understand that there would be uses for them. But please, just be really, really careful because we do see and hear of a lot of disastrous things with yeah. those. And there is a definite technique
2: to reeling your dog in on a flexi and it does not entail grabbing the cord with your
1: hands ouch yeah which won't work and will hurt you yeah definitely especially if it's a big dog there is a technique it's difficult to master and most people are not really good at it because especially well i've never gotten good at it i do know how to do it and i knew i know what it is but it does take some fairly fast yeah, <laughs> fast thinking yeah. and fast work right. and, and really, I don't know. It's just something to be careful of. And you know what? If you get your dog walking nicely on a loose leash, you don't really need one anyway. Right. Because you can take them out and have a lot of fun with them. Or, or you know what? Put them on a long line. If you're going to take them out to the park and that's where you would use a flexi leash, put them on a long line. Put then them then on the harness and a long constant, line. Because then at least there isn't constant tension. That's right. They're still free to play. You can still stop them when you need to. Right? They're still on a harness, so if you need to stop them, you're still not reinforcing that. But there isn't that constant tension. I like long lines much better. I do, too. All right, so I think that's it for today. Um, This is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burhenny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website, at www.petdogtrainer.com, to speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.